Hello and welcome to the Beach House 34 True Crime and Paranormal Podcast. And welcome to all of our new subscribers and a welcome to our loyal listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is the reading of the Darley Routier trial testimony, day eight of the trial. And this occurred on January 15th of 1997. On this day, there are four witnesses, Officer David Main, who we heard from in episode 70, Officer Charles Hamilton, which we'll hear from today, Oki Williams and James Cron. Now, in today's episode, as I just said, we'll hear from Officer Charles Hamilton, who, at the time of the crime, was a patrolman and crime scene officer for the Rowlett Police Department. And he processed the Routier home for fingerprints. Before we begin, though, with Officer Hamilton, let's recap really quickly what we learned in the last episode in the final hour of Officer David Main's testimony. Now, Officer David Main, he was at the Routier home collecting crime scene evidence. And in the last hour of testimony, there was this little bit about him finding two towels with blood on them in the hallway. Right? I mean, totally, here's two towels in the hallway. But what he did is that instead of bagging them separately, he put them both into one evidence bag. Now, when he was asked about this, he said, well, they were found together, so they should stay together. But anyone who's into true crime knows that this is not how it's supposed to be done. Each piece of evidence should be kept separate to avoid mixing them up or messing with the details. So then there's this other situation about a bloody rag near one of the children in the main den, I guess is what we're calling it. Now, for some reason, Officer Maine didn't think that it was important enough to pick up this bloody rag. Now, that's pretty odd, you know, considering he still went ahead and he picked up the towels, right? You'd think that something like a bloody towel or bloody rag near a body at a crime scene would be a pretty big deal. But this was never collected. He also grabbed some paperwork and folders from the crime scene. And this included stuff like uh, things about pet burials and estate planning. But when he put all of this into an evidence bag and put the label or the tag on the evidence bag, he didn't write down everything that was in that bag. So essentially, what that means is that if something does end up missing later, nobody would know because it wasn't written down. Now, it seems like Maine, what, he was just kind of hit or miss with what he considered important evidence at the crime scene. You know, take, for instance, the wine glass stem that he left behind. Why didn't he think that that was evidence? All of this stuff, all just all together, all of this testimony that we've heard just makes it sound like or seem like that the Rowlett Police Department was way out of their depth with this one. They probably should have called in more experienced uh, professionals for a case like this. Just my opinion. Would it have changed the outcome? Who knows? 
But when it comes to collecting evidence, shouldn't they be thorough and take everything into account? Now, Darley's defense team did a really good job and they really honed in on Officer Maine's actions. And I'm sure it made the jury question as to how well the Rowlett Police Department actually handled the case. So with all that said, today we're going to hear from Charles Hamilton. And again, he was another officer from the Rowlett Police Department. He is a patrolman and crime scene officer, and he was the one who processed the Routier home for fingerprints on the morning of June the 6th. The direct examination is done by the prosecutor, one of the prosecuting attorneys, Mr. Greg Davis. And here's how it begins. Sir, would you please tell us your full name? Charles Hamilton. Mr. Hamilton, you're a Rowlett police officer? That's correct. How long have you been with the Rowlett Police Department? Over two years. All right. What are your duties at the present time? I am a patrolman and a crime scene officer. How long have you been a crime scene officer in addition to being a patrol officer? Approximately 21 months. All right. Let me direct your attention back to June the 6th, 1996. Were you on duty that day? Yes. Uh, no, I was not on duty that day. Okay. Did you get a call to go up to 5801 Eagle Drive? Correct. I received a call out from dispatch at my house. All right. And did you go up there sometime during the morning then to Eagle Drive? Yes, I arrived on Eagle shortly before 9 a.m. Okay, let me ask you. I want to go to what you did out there. Let me ask you, if at some time that morning after arriving at the scene, were you instructed to process the house for possible fingerprints? That's correct. Okay, and you have heard the term latent fingerprints, is that right? Yes. What is a latent fingerprint? The skin on the inside of human hands and fingers is composed of what they call friction ridges. Also, the skin has pores through which sweat and other body oils, other body oils are secreted. Sometimes when the human finger or palm touches a surface, an impression will be left. All of those friction ridges are called latent or hidden prints not really visible to the human eye, necessarily. All right. So, for instance, this morning, if I touch the council table here in front of me with my fingers, lift up, is there a possibility that I may have left my latent fingerprints on this table? That's correct. Okay. Were those the type of things that you were looking for out there that morning at Eagle Drive? That is, in fact, what I was looking for. How much experience have you had in trying to collect latent fingerprints? Approximately five years. All right. And what sort of training did you undergo for that sort of duty? Well, initially, I had about 125 actual hours training under Dr. Richard Latner at Western New Mexico University. Later, a series of courses on crime scene and forensic courses as a policeman with the Rowlett Police Department under various instructors, Max Courtney out at Southwest Forensics in Fort Worth, Ed Haskey, Senior Crime Scene Analyst with Tulsa Police Department, 
Richard Dodge, detective with the Dallas Police Department, and one of their senior crime scene analysts, and others. Okay, let me ask you. You said you have been doing this, been in this for about five years. Were you a police officer somewhere else before you came to Rallet? Yes. Tell us the other departments that you served with prior to going to Rallet. I worked as a patrolman in Clovis, New Mexico, for about two years, directly prior to being hired by the city of Rowlett. Okay. Also, while I was at the University of New Mexico, I worked at their police department as a patrolman. Okay. So you have been a police officer a total of how many years? Almost five years. Now, when you set about to start processing the residents, for possible latent prints, did someone tell you where to go to specifically in that house? For instance, did they say, Officer Hamilton, I want you to go over here and process this this area right here. I conferenced with my crime scene sergeant's supervisor, who was on the scene, and we exchanged ideas about some places that a suspect may have touched coming in or out while in the home. I processed those areas that I was instructed to, in addition to some that common sense told me might be wise to process. Okay, do you remember the first part of that house that you went to process that morning? Yes. Can you tell the members of the jury what area you processed first? The area I processed first was a window in the garage. It had a slashed screen. The window was opened slightly an alleged point of entry or exit for a potential suspect. That was the first area I processed for latents. Okay, and just again, why did you pick that as the first area to go process? That was just a starting point. I felt it was important. My sergeant felt it was important enough to process immediately. Okay, was that the suspected point of entry and exit? That's what I was told. Okay. How did you go about processing the window then? What did you do? I used black fingerprint powder, carbon powder. I felt it would be the most, the best agent for processing agent for the surfaces I was working with. Okay. What kind of surfaces were you working with? Glass on the actual window, metal on the window frame, metal on the window screen frame painted surface of the trim area around the window. Okay, were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the window area? Yes. How many actual, well, let me just ask you, if you find a latent print in the powder that you placed down, how do you actually collect the latent fingerprint? Okay, you, first, you process the area with the powder and a brush. A latent print appears, You get a piece of tape, latent recovery tape. You make an impression on the tape over the latent, and then you affix the tape to a latent print lift card, a cardboard card. Okay. On the card, you can note where, when, and document the different details. Okay. So if you find a print, then you, using tape, you transfer it to a card. Is that right? That's correct. That would be the record of your latent print, right? That is one of the records. Okay. The purpose of latent print collection is what? 
So you can compare it against a known print if you have one? Yes. Okay. That is one of the purposes. Okay. Officer Hamilton, let me show you what has been marked as States Exhibit 85-A, 85-B, 85-C, 85-D, and 85-E. Ask you to look at those five cards and please tell me if you recognize those or not. Yes, I recognize them. Okay. Are those in fact the five fingerprints that you were able to lift from the window there? at 5801 Eagle Drive on June 6, 1996. Those are the five latents lifted from the window. Okay. Officer Hamilton, if we can, let's go through each one of these cards. Let me ask you this. On each card, do you place on the card for your records where the latent fingerprint was actually collected? Yes. Okay. Do you put the date that you collected it? That's correct. You put your case number on there also? Yes. You put the victim's name, in this case, Routier, correct? That's correct. The address of the incident? Yes. You also put, again, the location of the latent prints lifted. You place that also on your card, right? Yes. Okay, if we can, let's look first at State's Exhibit 85-A, the front part of the card. Does that contain the type of information that you have just talked to us about, the residence, victim, the date, the case number, as well as the location where the print was lifted? Yes. And will that be the same on State's Exhibit 85-B through E? Yes. And again, on the back part of that card, Will we then actually see the latent print that you lifted? In addition to the tape, yes, sir. Okay, so that will actually, the tape will actually be over the latent print itself. Is that right? Yes. Will that be true for each one of these other four cards? The information is on the front and the latent print and the tape is going to be on the back of each card. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. If you would, let's start again with States Exhibit 85-A and just tell us where you actually retrieved that latent print, sir. This latent print, in addition to the others, were recovered from the window I mentioned earlier in the garage with the slashed window screen open window. The actual place that these were recovered was the inside of the window metal frame the bottom of the sliding glass window, the window being opened approximately this much, the metal frame, the inside lip, the prints were recovered 5 to 11 inches from the corner of the window, left-hand corner, facing it from the inside. Okay, so if we're here on the jury and we are in the garage, okay, okay, say so we're inside the garage and the window is here, okay, okay. We're talking about the, are we talking about the inside portion, that portion being closer to the garage than outside, correct? That's correct, inside. When you talk about the bottom portion of the window, would we be talking about the bottom part of the frame? If the window is here, if we can just envision a square here, we're talking about the bottom portion of that window. Is that correct? Yes. And you had mentioned it's a certain distance from a corner of that window. Yes, that's correct. And what was that? They were in distance 
from 5 to 11 inches from the east corner of the frame. You have to be in the house to probably picture that, but facing it from the left-hand edge of this frame, 5 to 11 inches from the corner. Okay, all right. So that's where State's Exhibit 85-A was collected, correct? Yes. And there's actually, again, the latent itself is on the back part of that card, right? Yes, sir. Okay, let's look at State's Exhibit 85-B. Can you tell us where that latent print was retrieved? The same approximate location that the aforementioned one was. Okay, so again, we're talking the inside ledge of the window frame, 5 to 11 inches from the east corner of the frame again, right? That's correct. May I see that again, please? Yes, sir. Okay. In addition to what you're asking, I've made multiple lifts of one of the latents. This is the same specific latent. I was able to make two lifts from this specific latent impression. Okay, all right. So you are referring to 85-A and B, right? That's correct. Okay. Let me ask you again, if you will. Tell us whether or not on States Exhibit 85-C, D, and E, whether in fact you listed the locations of those latent prints as being the same general location on the window where you found 85-A and B. That's correct. Okay, now we have five latent cards here in front of us. Let's talk about the window only at this time, the window where you lifted these five latents from. Okay? Okay. Let me ask you whether or not, besides this portion of the window, were you able to lift any other latent prints from that window, sir? I found no other latent impressions anywhere on or near that window, the frame, the glass, the screen, or the surrounding trim. Okay. Let me ask you, sir, if you would please tell us the other areas of that window that you attempted to process. First of all, Let's talk about the glass portion of the window itself. Did you process the portion of the glass that would be facing the garage, the inside part of that window? Yes. Okay, were you able to find any other latent prints on the inside surface of the glass itself? No, I wasn't. Did you process the other portions of the inside of that window frame? You talked about the bottom portion where you found these latent prints, but let's talk about these sides first. Did you process those areas also for latent fingerprints? Yes, I did. Did you find any other latent fingerprints on the side portions of the inside of the frame? No. How about the top inside portion of the frame? Did you process that for latent fingerprints? I did. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that portion of the window? I was not. Let's go to the outside of the window. Did you go out and process the outside portion of the window also? Yes. Did you process, first of all, the outside glass surface of that window? Yes, I processed the outside glass surface of the window. All right. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the outside of the glass? I was not able to recover any there. Let's talk about the bottom portion of the frame. Now that faces outside. Okay? Okay. Did you process that part of the window frame? Yes. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that portion of the window? No. You were not. I was not able to. 
How about the side frames that face outward to the window? I process those. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that part of the frame? No. Finally, let's talk about the upper outside part of the frame for this window. Did you process that also for fingerprints? I did, in fact. And were you able to lift any fingerprints from that, sir? No. Is that unusual to process an item such as a window and not come up with additional latent fingerprints? No, it's not unusual. Okay. Does it sometimes depend on the surface? The surface, atmospheric conditions, among other things. I guess also it may depend upon whether anybody actually touched it or not, right? True. How long ago it was touched, if it was touched, a number of factors. Okay, let's talk about the window sill. Do you recall the window sill that would have been underneath the open window? Yes. Did you process the window sill for fingerprints also? Yes. Were you able to recover any latent fingerprints from the window sill itself? No. None? None. The screen, which is States Exhibit 42-A. If you would, tell us whether or not you processed. Well, first of all, let's start with the inside portion, okay? Okay. Of that window screen, let me ask you, sir, whether or not you processed the inside portion of the window screen frame. I did, in fact. The top, sides, and the bottom? Yes. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the inside portion of this frame? I was not. The screen itself, is that going to be a surface where you could actually lift a latent fingerprint? Not to my knowledge. Okay, it's not a smooth enough surface. It's not a surface conducive to leaving a fingerprint impression, to my knowledge. Okay, let's go to the outside portion of that frame for a moment. Did you go out and did you process now the outside portion of the frame? I did. Top, sides, and bottom? That's correct. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that part of the frame, sir? No, I was not. Okay. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints whatsoever from this screen frame that I am holding, States Exhibit 42-A? I was not able to. Did you attempt to? Now, I'm just talking about the window itself and the screen here and the windowsill. Did you attempt to lift? Any other latent fingerprints specifically in the area of this window that you found open? Yes. Okay. And where else did you try to lift latent fingerprints? There were a number of objects in the garage and just outside of this garage window that I felt a potential suspect may have had to touch or handle to come in or out of the window. So I processed those items. Okay. Hold on. Let me see if I can find a photograph that might show some of those items. Officer Hamilton, let me just, just ask you, if you will, if you can't see this, let me know and I'll have you step down. All right? Okay. Okay. Looking at States Exhibit 13-A, do you see that photograph, sir? Yes. Okay. Do you see some green, what appears to be green plastic chairs outside of this window that you have just told us that you processed? Yes, I see them. Okay, tell me whether or not you made any efforts to process the green plastic chairs that we see here outside of the window in States Exhibit 13-A. I did, in fact, process those green plastic chairs. 
okay? Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the plastic chairs that we see in State's Exhibit 13-A? No, okay? Do you recall whether or not you attempted to lift any other latent fingerprints from any of the items outside of that window? I don't recall processing any other of those items in the picture outside of the window. Okay, but the chairs were processed, right? That's correct. Including the one that appears to be turned over? Yes. No latent fingerprints? None. Did you ever attempt to lift latent fingerprints from the gate or any portion of the fence back there in the backyard? No. Okay. If that was done, that would have been done by somebody else. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Let's go back inside of the garage then. Did I understand you to say just a moment ago that you also processed some of the items inside the garage near the window? Yes. Sir, if you could, please step down for a moment and help me with this photograph. And I'm going to have you point out some items in the garage to the members of the jury here. I'll tell you what, if you will stand over on the other side, okay, that ought to be the easiest way, okay? Let me give you this pointer to use too. It might be a little bit easier for you. Again, if you will stand back far enough so everybody can see, okay? If we could, let's look at State's Exhibit 40-B. You recognize that to be the interior portion of the garage there? Yes, okay. And we see, do we see the window that you have told us about processing? That's correct. Do you see? Yes, I do. All right. And was that window in the same position at the same time that you processed it for latent fingerprints? It appears so. Okay. Do you see any other items in States Exhibit 40-B that you processed for latent fingerprints that day? Yes. Could you please point them out for the members of the jury? I processed this blue cowboy's, I believe it was a trash can, this white plastic, also a trash can, this animal, portable animal carrier cage. There is a white refrigerator also. I don't know if this is going to be it here. I can't tell from this photograph. It was near this window that I felt maybe somebody might have touched. I processed it also. Okay. Any other items that you can recall at this time? Well, there is also a window adjoining this window that was open. The one that was closed right here adjoining it. I processed it as similar to what I explained on this one. The frame, the trim, the glass, this one here also. Okay, well, let's just for a moment, you processed the cat carrier or whatever this is next to the window, right? Yes, that's correct. The trash can here, that's correct. The Dallas Cowboys can of some sort right here also, that's correct. And a freezer or refrigerator inside the garage? Yes, all right. Sir, were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from any of those objects that you tried to process inside of this garage? I was not able to lift any from those objects. You just talked about another window that you processed out there. Let's go back, if we can, to States Exhibit 13-A. Can you see the open window that you processed? Yes, that's it. Do we see any other windows in States Exhibit 13-A that you processed for latent fingerprints? Yes, this one here. 
The one right next to the open window? The one right next to the open window. Did you go through the very same process that you went through in processing this open window? Yes. Did you do both sides of the glass? That's correct. Did you do both sides of the frame? Yes. And did you get any latent fingerprints from this second window? No, I did not. Okay. Let me ask you, in addition to printing the chairs on the outside, the two windows, the interior of the garage, the items that you found inside the garage, did you go to any other areas of the house in order to lift latent fingerprints? Yes. Okay. What other parts of the house did you go to? After I got through with the garage area, I sort of the backtracked into the house back to the living room. First point was entryway door between the washroom and the garage. I processed that door inside and out, inside and outside surfaces of that door. All right. Are we talking about then the door that leads into the garage from the utility room? Yes. All right. And were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that door? Yes. Okay. Do you recall how many? latent fingerprints that you were able to lift from that location. Two latent prints. Okay. Sir, let me have you look, please, at States Exhibit 85-F and 85-G. Do you recognize those two items, sir? Yes, sir. Okay. Are those 85-F and G, are those the latent prints that you were able to lift from the entry, the rear entry door, leading from the garage into the utility room. That's correct. Again, do they contain the same type of information that the previous latent fingerprint cards have contained? Yes. The location that you retrieved them as well as on the back, the latent fingerprint and the tape itself? Yes. All right. Okay, officer, if you would, let's look at States Exhibit 85-F first. Can you tell the members of the jury where you retrieved that latent fingerprint from? Yes, this latent was recovered from the inside of the door that this gentleman mentioned, the door between the washroom and the garage, inside surface of the door, approximately four inches above the door handle on this surface of the door itself. Okay, if we could, let's please look at States Exhibit 85-G. Please tell us where you recovered those, or that one. This latent was recovered about two inches above the other latent, also inside of the door, on the surface of the door, about six inches above the door handle. This was a dried, apparently bloody latent. Okay, so you have got 85-F being the inside portion. Is that correct? Yes. Four inches above the door handle? Yes. And 85-G is going to be in blood six inches above the door handle, right? Yes. Okay. Are those the only parts of that door that you tried to process for latent fingerprints? I processed the inside and outside of the door. Okay. Well, what parts of the outside of the door did you try to process? Well, I don't specifically remember every square inch, but I processed the door thoroughly, okay? Specifically around the handle, the handle itself, the handle area, and the door itself. All right, well, 
Let's just start with the outside of the door. Were you able to lift any other latent fingerprints from the outside portion of that door, sir? No, I was not. Okay. Let's turn to the inside part of that door, including the door handle itself. Were you able to lift any other latent fingerprints from the inside part of that door? Just those two. Okay. 85-F and G are the only ones which you were able to lift from the inside part of that door, right? That's correct. Okay. Let's stay in the utility room. Did you process any other items in the utility room for possible latent fingerprints? Yes. Can you tell the members of the jury what other items in the utility room you tried to process? As I recall, there was a white washer and a, a dryer side by side. I believe there was some blood stains, not prints, but stains. I felt that maybe someone had touched the washer and or dryer. I processed those in an attempt to recover latent prints. Okay, looking at States Exhibit 38-A, for instance, do you recognize 38-A to be a photograph of a portion of the utility room, for instance? Yes. Okay, and was there a washer and dryer as we look into the garage, as we look in the utility room from the garage, would the washer and dryer be on the left-hand side? I don't recall left from right. Okay, but I believe this is going to be them. I can see the powder. All right, well, where do you see the powder? Well, it's here. I can just see some of the powder. Okay. I can see the blood I was remembering on those appliances. Okay, so you processed the door. Did you process both the washer and the dryer? Yes. Okay. You told us about the door, the washer and the dryer. Any other items in the utility room that you tried to process for latent fingerprints? I don't recall any others. Okay. Let's go back to the washer and the dryer then. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the washer or the dryer in the utility room? No. Okay. 85-F and G, the two that you lifted from the inside portion of the door, are they the only latent fingerprints that you retrieved from the utility room? Yes. What did you do after you finished processing the utility room for latent fingerprints? I came back and worked my way through the kitchen. Okay. Now, Officer Hamilton, do you recognize States Exhibits 36-A through 36-G as being photographs of different portions of the kitchen out there at 5801 Eagle Drive? Yes. Okay. Do you recall what part of the kitchen that you started processing for latent fingerprints? I worked my way back from that utility room, which is going to be somewhere over here back this way. Okay. If you would, just tell us the first area of that kitchen that you recall processing for latent fingerprints then. Countertops. Okay. In the kitchen. Are we talking about countertops shown here in States Exhibit 36-E around 36-F then? That's part of some of them. Okay. The ones between the utility room and the sink, for instance? I did process those, yes. Okay. Is there also a countertop basically from the sink over to the end of this bar over here? Yes. 
And would a part of those be known as States Exhibit 36-A and 36-B? Sorry about that. Okay. I believed this is corresponds with here, but I'm not going to swear to it. All right. How about the island that was in the middle of the room? Did you also process that? I processed that also. All right. Let's start with part of the countertop between the refrigerator going up to the sink. Did you process that? Yes. If I may step back just a moment, I also processed this refrigerator surface. Is that going to be shown here in Stacey Exhibit 36-F then? Yes, that looks like it. Okay. Next to the utility room? That's correct. Okay. What parts of the refrigerator did you process? The outside surface of the door. Okay. I distinctly remember processing that. Okay. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the outside portion of the refrigerator? No. All right. After the refrigerator, where did you go? I worked this, the countertops. Okay, again, and it's shown in 36-E and F, right? Yes. Okay, let me just ask, let me just ask you, were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from the countertop between the refrigerator and the sink? No, I was not able to recover any. Let's go to the part of the countertop between the sink running to the end of that what I call the kitchen bar. Do you know what area I'm referring to? Mm-hmm. If you will, just show on the diagram what you understand that to be. Is this what you're referring to? Yes, sir. Yes, I did process that also. Okay. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that part of the countertop? No. How about the countertop that extends from that down towards what is shown as the green rug there. This here, sir? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you process that also? I did. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that part of the countertop? No. Okay. The island that we see, a part of the island here, in States Exhibit 36-E, do you recognize that? Yes. Is that the same type of countertop surface as found on the countertops? I don't recall if it's a, the exact same surface. Did you process it for latent fingerprints? Yes. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that part, the island portion here in the middle of the kitchen? No, I was not able to. Okay, let's go back to the countertop area. Do you see some drawers that are shown? I guess at least one drawer that is shown here in States Exhibit 36-E. Do you see that? Yes, I see that. Did you process the drawers in this kitchen for possible latent fingerprints? I did process the drawers. Okay. The outside surfaces and around the handles. All right. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from any of the drawers in the kitchen? No. Okay. In addition to the refrigerator, the countertops, the island, and the drawers in the kitchen, did you process any other items in that room for latent fingerprints? Yes. Okay. Tell us what you also processed then. I remember processing a wine glass that was broken and on the living room floor. I don't recall the specific location of where that wine glass was, but it was on the kitchen floor is what I meant to say. 
Let me ask you to take a look at state's exhibit 36-D. If you want to just step over and take a look at that. Yes, yes, I see. Okay. Looking at state's exhibit 36-D, do you see anything in that photograph that you processed for latent fingerprints? Yes, the broken wine glass that I was referring to that I processed. This base was in one piece. Part of the stem and part of the glass were in one piece, big enough where I thought I could process it. So I processed this piece and this piece. There is also some little smaller shards that I felt I would not be able to recover. I did not process the small shards of glass. Okay, and again, why didn't you do the real small pieces of glass? I didn't think there would be enough on there if anything was recovered to be of any use. Not enough latent? And some pieces were literally too small to work with. Okay, so you process the ones here large enough to hold a latent fingerprint. Yes, okay. Well, let's look at the glass then on the floor that you processed. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from any of the glass pieces that you processed here on the kitchen floor? No. No. No, I was not able to recover anything from those. Okay. Anything else here in State's Exhibit 36-D that you processed for possible latent fingerprints? I don't recall. Okay. Do you recall right now? Do you recall any other items in the kitchen that you processed for latent fingerprints? Not that I recall. Okay, all right. So let me just ask you, were you able to recover any latent fingerprints from the kitchen area where you processed? Sir, let me ask you to look at State's Exhibit 89-A and tell me if you recognize that, sir. Yes, I do recognize it. Does it truly and accurately depict the sliding glass door at 5801 Eagle Drive on June 6, 1996? Yes. Officer Hamilton, when you were out there on June 6, did you process this that's shown as State's Exhibit 89-A for latent fingerprints, sir? I did. Did you process both the inside and the outside portion of that door? I did. All right. Let's talk for a moment first about the inside portion of the sliding glass door. Did you check the glass surface itself for latent fingerprints? Yes. Okay. Were you able to recover any latent fingerprints from the inside portion of the glass? No. Okay. Let me ask you about the inside frame of the sliding glass door. Did you check that for latent fingerprints also? I remember processing the frame around the handle specifically. I don't recall every square inch of the frame. Okay, so you did, you are sure you did the inside part around the door handle. Is that correct? That's correct. Did you get any latent fingerprints from that part of the door, sir? From the inside? No. All right. Did you then go outside and start processing the outside portion of the sliding glass door? I did. Okay. Let's first talk about the glass surface itself. Were you able to recover any latent fingerprints from the glass surface of the sliding glass door? I was not. Okay. Let's talk about the frame, the outside portion of the frame of the sliding glass door. Were you able to recover any latent fingerprints from that? Yes. Okay. 
Would you please look at States Exhibit 85-H? Do you recognize that, sir? I do. Is that the latent card that corresponds to a latent print that you recovered from the sliding glass door? It is. Again, it has your name as well as the location where you recovered this latent print. Is that right? It does. Officer, if you would please step down so that we can point out to the jury where on the sliding glass door that you recovered this latent print. Okay. If you will step back so that all of the jurors can see you here. Okay, go ahead. I recovered that latent print approximately one inch above this door handle fitting on the metal frame approximately where my pen is pointing. This is the outside of the door. That is about one inch in front of the handle area. Okay, okay, go back. You have now talked to us about the latent print contained in 85-H. Were you able to recover any other latent fingerprints or palm prints from the sliding glass door? And I'm talking about inside or outside glass or metal surface? No. Okay. The utility room, kitchen. Let me ask you whether or not you attempted to obtain latent fingerprints from the family room, which is adjacent to the kitchen. I did. Okay. Do you recall the areas of in that family room where you attempted to recover possible latent fingerprints, were there several areas? I do recall. Okay. Sir, if you will, please look at the photographs, States Exhibit 89-B. Do you recognize that to truly and accurately depict a portion of the family room there at 5801 Eagle Drive? Yes. Okay. Sir, States Exhibit 89-B, what does that show us? A glass-topped coffee table, you might call it. All right, and in this family room, do you recall where that is located? I believe that this is the table on the north end of the family room in between the couch and the kitchen countertop. Okay, were you able to obtain any latent fingerprints or palm prints from the table shown in States Exhibit 89-B? Yes, okay. With the court's permission, could you please step down and again show us where you were able to obtain these latent prints? Okay. Again, if you will step back so everybody can see. Okay. Yes, it was along the north edge of the table. I believe here you can barely picture it, but if you look close, there is a dried, bloody, latent print. Okay. Am I now pointing at the place on the photograph that you were pointing to? I believe that is it in a smaller picture. Okay, just on the edge of the table there? Yes, okay. In the photograph, can you actually see the dried blood that you're talking about? I see what I believe to be the dried blood. Yes, all right. So it was on the edge of this coffee table. When you were out there that day, could you actually see what appeared to be dried blood? Yes, you could even see the impression of the latent. You could see the friction ridges of the dried blood. Was the latent then itself actually in the blood or in the dried blood area? That's correct. Okay. Officer Hamilton, let me show you what's been marked as States Exhibit 85-I and 85-J. Tell me whether or not these are, in fact, the two latent prints that you recovered from the table shown in States Exhibit 89-B. 
These are two lifts from the same single bloody latent print. Correct. Are these duplicates then of the same print? That's correct. Again, they contain your name as well as the location of where you recovered the latents. Is that right? They do. Officer Hamilton, you just told us about the two latents that you lifted off the table in the family room. Were you able to obtain any other latent prints in the family room? No. Were there other areas in the family room that you processed for possible latent prints? Besides that glass table? Yes, sir. Yes, there was. All right, sir. Can you tell us the places that you recall processing for latent prints? I recall processing a large square glass top table in the center of the family room. I recall processing, I guess you call it a flower vase on that table. Okay. I recall processing that countertop island in between the family room and the kitchen. Okay. That's all I remember processing offhand was the services in the family room. Okay. Officer, if you wouldn't mind stepping down again, and let's look at a photograph that shows the family room that you processed. And again, if you will just let me give you this pointer again. And using the pointer again, looking at States Exhibit 11-B, do you recognize that to be a photograph of a portion of the family room? Yes. Could you just use the pointer and just direct the juror's attention? To the areas where you attempted to lift latent fingerprints or palm prints? Well, as the photograph showed earlier, here is that small glass top table. We processed it. I recall processing this larger square topped glass table. Also, this flower vase, which is askew. All right. The counter island, the counter between the kitchen and the family room, goes off here. I processed that. Okay. Off this counter area, were you able to lift any latent fingerprints or palm prints? No. You pointed to a large table here. Were you able to lift any latent prints off of that table, sir? No. The vase that is on that table, were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from it? I was not. Do you recall at this time any other areas or items there in the family room that you processed for latent? I don't recall any other items. Okay, again, the two off of the table on the north end of the room. Those are the only two latents that you lifted in the family room? Yes. Officer Hamilton, do you remember any other areas, either inside or outside the house, that you processed for latent prints on June 6, 1996? Yes. Okay. What other areas? The front entry door inside and out of the door. Okay. So the front door to the house, correct? Yes. Both inside and out? Yes. Were you able to lift any latent prints off either the inside or the outside of the front door of that residence? I was not. Any other areas that you recall? I don't recall any other specific areas or items that I processed on that day. Okay. Do you have an estimate of the amount of time that you spent out there that morning attempting to lift latent prints. And I'm talking about the front door, the family room, the kitchen, the utility room, the garage, and the items outside of the garage. Just a best estimate of the amount of time that you spent out there trying to lift those prints. Five hours, no less than that. All right. When you actually finished your lifting process, what did you do with the latent cards that you have identified here in court? 
did you have do any sort of comparison or analysis yourself? I did no comparison or analysis. Okay, are you a tr- are you trained in fingerprint comparison or identification? Briefly. You didn't do that though that day, right? No, that is not one of my duties. Okay. And did you then place those into evidence so someone else could do any comparisons or analysis that needed to be made? I turned them into evidence. All right. Officer, if you would, please step down here and just look at what has been marked as States Exhibit 42-B. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you, sir, does this appear to be the window that you processed for latents out there on June 6, 1996? More specifically, does this appear to be the window where the screen was cut in the garage at 5801 Eagle Drive? Yes. And this, you see some black powdery material there towards the bottom of the window? Yes. Okay. Is that fingerprint powder that you used to process this window for latent prints? That would be it. Okay. Now, the side of the window that is facing the jurors, is that the inside part of that window? That's correct. Okay. And again, this black material that is on the bottom of the bottom ridge here of the window frame, what is that? That's black fingerprint powder. Okay. And if you will now, looking at States Exhibit 42-B, can you show the jurors on this exhibit where you were able to lift the latents that we have in evidence as 85-A, B, C, D, and E? Yes. Okay. Would you do that right now? Yes. Latent impressions were recovered on this bottom frame here, where my pen is pointing, approximately starting here, that's an approximation, 5, and the other last was 11 inches, 5 to 11 inches from this corner, approximately in this area here. All right. And those were the only latents lifted off the window, right? Yes. Thank you. Officer Hamilton, on June the 6th, 1996, in addition to the five hours of trying to lift the prints, did you do anything else there at the house that you recall at this time? Yes. Okay. What else did you do? I assisted another officer in taking some measurements so he could generate a sketch at a later time. Okay. That other officer, is that Ray Clark? Yes, it was. Was there ever a time out that at 5801 Eagle that you were asked to take some photographs? Yes. Okay. And what photographs did you take that day? Well, I recall taking photographs of the bloody latent print on the glass top table in the family area before I lifted it in hopes that we would have two types of documentation. Right. How did that turn out? I don't know. I remember they didn't come out real good, I didn't think. They were a little blurry. Okay. They weren't real good quality, and it wasn't an inappropriate camera for photographing fingerprints from. Okay. What else did you photograph? I photographed the kitchen sink. Okay. Was that done at the request of someone? Yes. Do you recall an individual named Catherine Long? Yes, I do. Okay. Did she request that you photograph the sink? She did. And you did that? At her request, yes. Okay. Have we discussed pretty much what you did out there then on June 6, 1996? We have. All right. 
Now, let me move you forward a day to June 7th. Did you have an occasion to go back out there to Eagle on that day? I did. And on that day, were you instructed to do something? I was. And what were you instructed to do on June 7th? Collect some blood samples from specific areas. Okay. Were those areas pointed out to you by your supervisor or someone else? They were pointed out to me by my supervisor. Officer Hamilton, looking at States Exhibit 122, let me direct your attention to the circles. There are some circles with RH. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Here in the family room, and let's see, we have the family room, family room, family room here, here, as well as in the kitchen and the kitchen. Is that correct, sir? Yes. Okay. Does this board then, do those circles accurately reflect where you went to recover blood samples from in the residence on June 7, 1996, sir? That is a close approximation. Yes. Okay. Did you actually make a sketch for yourself about where you recovered these? I did. All right. And that's got the exact measurements, I suppose. On the sketch, no, I have got the exact measurements in my report. The sketch is kind of like that. Again, a general diagram to indicate approximate place. Okay, I don't make scale drawings myself. All right, do you recall where you went to obtain those blood samples that day? I recall the two rooms they were made in. Okay, what rooms were they? The kitchen and the family room. Let's see, a seven, seven samples, or do you recall? I would have to look at my report to be certain. Okay, you went out there on the 7th. You recovered the blood samples from those two rooms. Did you do anything else out there on the 7th that you recall? Not that I recall. Okay, the blood samples that you took, did you place those into evidence so they could be sent on for further analysis? I placed them into evidence. Now, on the 8th, on June 8th, did you go back out to the house to recover additional blood samples? Yes. And do you recall where you retrieved those from on the 8th? Yes. Okay. Where was that? On the hand railing, on the banister, on the stairwell inside the home. Okay. Again, were you directed to go to those areas, or did you just choose those areas on your own? No, I was directed by my supervisor to collect samples. All right. Again, did you place those into evidence for analysis later? I placed them into evidence. All right. Now, let me direct attention forward to June the 10th, 1996. Again, did you have occasion to go out there to the residence? Yes. And on that date, did you actually recover certain items of property and place them into the property police property room? I did. Okay. Officer Hamilton, if you would, please look at States Exhibit 86. Do you recognize that, sir? Yes. Okay. Is this a rug that you recovered from the kitchen there at Eagle Drive on June 10th, 1996, sir? It's a throw rug from the kitchen floor in front of the sink area. Okay, let me just ask you for record purposes. Do you see certain holes in the rug today? 
I didn't note any holes when I put it into evidence. Okay. Were you directed to recover State's Exhibit number 86? Yes. Okay. Mr. Hamilton, looking now at State's Exhibit 87, do you recognize that item, sir? Yes, I do. Okay. Is this also an item that you recovered from 5801 Eagle Drive on June 10th, 1996? Yes. Okay. Do you recall what room that you recovered this item in, sir? Family room. Okay. Where in the family room did you recover State's Exhibit 87? Sort of the center of the room on the floor, approximately. I would have to look at my report to be exact, but about two feet south of the edge of a large glass top table. Okay. Again, were you directed to take that particular item of property into your possession? I was. Now, I want to direct your attention forward, sir, to November 26th, 1996. Again, did you go to 5801 Eagle Drive? I did. And at that time, did you attempt to lift latent fingerprints or palm prints from the bathroom upstairs near the boys' bedroom? I was directed to do so. Yes. Okay. Who asked you to do that? You did. Was I also present out there at the residence? You were. Were you able to lift any latent fingerprints from that area, sir? I was. Okay. Sir, let me show you cards marked 88-A. These are state's exhibits 88-A, B, C, D, E, F, and ask you whether or not these are the six latents that you recovered from the boys' bathroom area on November 26, 1996. Yes, those are them. Okay. And again, do they contain your name, 5801 Eagle Drive, as well as the location where you actually recovered these latents? They do. Okay. Officer Hamilton, do you see the photograph that I'm showing you is State's Exhibit 17-A? Do you see that, sir? Yes. Okay. Does that show the bathroom area where you attempted to recover latent fingerprints on November 26, 1996? Yes. Am I pointing to at that bathroom? I believe so. Yes. Okay, you got six latents, generally in the bathroom. Where were you able to recover the latent prints? I would have to look at my reports to recall specific locations. Again, that is on November 26, 96, right? Yes. Again, the prints that you recovered on November 26, did you place those into evidence? Yes. Okay, did you do anything else with them besides that? No. Let me just ask you, Officer Hamilton, you have talked to me about this case prior to today, haven't you? Yes. Have you had a chance to talk with me in Dallas about the case? Yes. Several times? That's correct. Did you also have a chance to talk with me while we've been here in Kerrville about the case? Yes. In this case, at certain points, did you make notes about what you were doing out there at 5801 Eagle Drive? Yes, I did. And did you also make certain written reports about what you had done out there at Eagle Drive? I did. Okay. Officer Hamilton, let me show you what I'm going to mark for identification purposes as State's Exhibit 89-D. Now, let me ask you to look through these pieces of paper and tell me whether they are, in fact, copies of the notes that you made in this case, as well as copies of the reports that you prepared. 
At this point, another member of the prosecution, Miss Sherry Wallace, says, Excuse me, Mr. Davis, there is already an 89-B. Mr. Davis then says, 89-D. Miss Wallace says, Oh. The witness says, Yes, these are mine. Mr. Davis then continues, Your Honor, we will tender the notes and reports 89-D to counsel, and we will pass the witness. The court then says, well, Mr. Mosty, Mr. Mosty then says, may I have a few moments to review those reports? And the court then says, you may. And then gives the jury a brief break. Once everybody comes back and the jury is reseated, the cross-examination by Darley's, uh, one of her defense lawyers, Mr. Richard Mosty, begins. Officer Hamilton, what time did you tell us you got to the scene? On June 6th? Yes, sir. Approximately 9 a.m. Okay. And left about 2 o'clock? No, sir. I left about 6 p.m., as I recall. You finished your print search about 2 o'clock? Well, probably thereafter, because I didn't start processing exactly at 9 o'clock, probably closer to 10 o'clock before I started the latent processing. What did you do for that first hour? I assisted Officer Clark in taking some measurements so he could later generate a crime scene sketch. Okay. And when you got there at 9 o'clock and when you went in, how many people were in the house? When I got there, no one was in the house. No one was in? That's correct. And you went in with Officer Clark, was it? He was one of the people that I went in with. Who all went in when you went in? I don't recall all of the people that went in. At about the time I went in, the supervisor, Sergeant Neighbors, went in with us. Okay. I believe James Cron went in with us. Had Maine already been through picking up evidence? I don't know. Before you went in at 9 o'clock? I don't know. Officer Maine was there also at 9 o'clock when I got there. You were not able to observe whether or not it appeared things had been picked up and collected as evidence? I don't know if they had or not. Okay. So you, for the first hour, you, so you assisted Clark. Approximately that length of time, yes. And you were doing measuring, if I understand. Yes, helping him take measurements. What were you doing then? Holding one end of the tape, yes. You would go to one wall, and he would hold the tape up against the other wall? That sort of thing, yes, okay. Did you do that in the family room? Some of it, yes, okay. What parts of it? As I recall, it was getting the width and length of the room measurement. Okay, so would you, like, take the tape and walk over to the wall that had a television on it? I don't recall. You don't recall who did, but one of y'all would walk across the room to the television? I don't recall. I vaguely recall the television was in the room, I think, but I don't remember. Okay, well, let me take the television out of the equation. Okay, do you remember the wall had a fireplace on it? Yes. Okay, one of you walked over to the wall that had the fireplace on it, and one of you got over by the kitchen bar and made some and figured out what that measurement was? Probably. I don't recall specifically. You don't recall that? 
No. Okay. Did y'all, did you measure at more than one place? For instance, in the length of that room? I don't recall. Okay. What about then the other way? Did you measure from the backyard wall, what I call the backyard wall, and the interior wall? Did you make that measurement? I don't recall specifically. Did you make measurements in the kitchen? I don't believe we made any measurements in the kitchen. I didn't assist him with any anyway. Okay, what about the utility room? No. Garage? Not that I recall. I recall making some on the outside of the house. We did the outside perimeter of the actual brick structure itself. Okay. I remember making those specifically. Okay. Do you have some recollection of the family room or is that not even... I don't recall for sure. Okay. You remember the outside, but you really don't remember whether or not you helped measure the inside? That's correct. Okay. When did you do your sketches? My sketch was in reference to the blood samples from the 7th. I generated them on the 7th. On the 7th? That's correct. So all of these notations of measurements were done on the 7th. On your sketch, I would have to see what you are referring to specifically, please. Well, I noted that. I'm showing you part of 89-D. Okay. Is this a sketch? Yes, that is going to be in relation to blood samples on the 7th. That is my rough sketch. Yes, sir. I believe it says 60709. Yes, sir. This is more of a finished sketch. This is what you did back at the office? Correct, sir. And I note that you were careful to, on every report, sign and date your reports, it looks like. I believe so. Is that your practice? It is, in fact. When you type up a report, do you read it for accuracy? I usually proofread it more than once, in this case, several times. Okay, and then you signed it and make sure the date is on it? Yes. Okay, is that taught to you all at Rowlett to do that? They gave me a basic general format to follow, not in content so much, but as to the format itself of what they wanted. What about signing and dating? Is that a practice that you picked up before Roulette? That is a practice I picked up before Roulette. That is also a procedure that I personally was instructed to do since being at Roulette. I don't know what the others do. Okay, but your understanding of the standing instructions to me at Roulette PD, to me, to you anyway, to me, yes, sir were to read your report, sign and date it. I had been so instructed, yes. By whom? Sergeant Neighbors, when I first came on the crime scene unit. All right. Now, at the time that you were measuring from 9 to 10, roughly, do you know who was in the house? No, I don't. Okay. You went in 10, give or take? No. For print purposes? For print purposes, yes. That is correct. Okay, who was in the house then? I don't recall for a fact. I remember some of the people that were there that morning. I don't remember who specifically was in there when I started the print process. Who do you remember being in there? Evidence Officer David Main, Crime Scene Supervisor Sergeant Neighbors, 
James Cron, Officer Clark, was in there for just a little while when I assisted him in some measurements. Inside? I believe so. I know around the house. I think we made some inside, but I can't swear to it. All right. Anyone else that you recall? Not that I recall offhand inside the house early that morning. Other than Clark, if you remember correctly, you were helping inside, and I understand that you are not positive about that, but is he the only one that you helped do something? I'm talking about your first time in there on the 6th. He is the only one I physically assisted doing anything. Yes. Were Maine and Neighbors and Cron doing other stuff? I don't know what they were doing. They were investigating the crime scene. You were not really paying attention? Not so much. Did you see anyone collect any evidence while you were in there? I didn't notice anyone collect any evidence. Could you see something that appeared that evidence had been collected? I didn't take note of any. Nothing I knew of had been collected. If it had, nobody made me aware of it. It was not my duty to be aware of it. Do you recall what room these other three or four folks were in? Or were they in different rooms at different times? I don't know really what rooms they were in. Okay, you weren't really taking note of what they were doing. I focused on my printing process, and that was pretty important to me at the time. And that is... Are you sort of the designated print person for Rowlett? Not necessarily, but that was my duty that morning. At this time? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, did you, where did you first proceed in the house? The first place I attempted to recover latents was in the garage. Yeah, the garage window, the open window slashed screen. Now, you sort of described a sequence to Mr. Davis. I was not clear whether or not that was just a convenient way to do it, or was that the sequence that you did it in? That was the sequence that I did it in. And I thought was, made some kind of sense to me, the point of entry slash exit, alleged, working back. You sort of thought that through. It would have been a little easier to remember, a little easier to explain if I pick a point and then move in a consistent, not so much to explain. It just made some kind of sense to me, like of hopscotch, a little bit more of a pattern to it, rather than say, oh, there's something and do that and go across the room and maybe forget what's in between. Yeah. And that would be true if somebody, for instance, collected evidence, that would be the same kind of principle, wouldn't it? Start picking up evidence that ought to sort of try to identify it in a logical sequence. Well, different evidence folks do things differently. Okay, so you proceeded. Did you walk in through the kitchen to the garage? Yes. Okay, and did you walk, did you start at the window? The garage window? Yes, sir. Yes, that was the first place I processed was the actual window and frame itself. And then after you did that from the inside, you then went back outside and processed the outside area? I don't recall if I did. I did the inside. I don't recall if I got those items in the garage near the window next or if I went outside to the outside of the window. 
I don't recall that specific sequence. But you went back through the house, out the front door and around to the backyard. I don't recall how I got in and out from that garage to the outside of that window. Okay. I don't remember my path when I walked. What all are you carrying with you to do your job? At this point, I've got a small box about like this with a fingerprint collection kit in it. That's all I, like a tool chest type of thing? Yes, sir. Plastic. It has a lid. Okay. And a few items inside. What else? That's all I had with me on hand. Okay. Did you have, I know later you took some photographs. Did you have a camera with you? I used the same camera that Officer Bain, I believe, had used earlier in the day. Okay. Autofocus camera. Okay. Did you put in your own film to do your, that's correct. Photography? That's correct. All right. So you did the garage and you went over and I guess knelt down at the garage window and thoroughly looked at it? Yes. Tell me, and you talked a lot about what you observed, what you dusted, what you lift. How do you go about that process of taking an item and trying to determine if there are prints on it and then whether or not to dust it and then whether or not to try to lift something. Describe that process for me. Well, I don't understand your question entirely. Okay, well, do you first go and eyeball the item? That's correct. And there are some places that you think are more likely than not to be pertinent. To have prints? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And so I guess you would thoroughly look at those visually first. Yes. Okay. Do you I mean, do you get up close to them? Yes. And sort of, you look from a distance and then you look up close. Okay. So I might look from several feet. That's correct. And assuming my eyesight is good enough, I might get up very close. That's correct. To an object and go down it, for instance. With your eyes, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to touch. Yes, that's correct. I would be careful not to touch, wouldn't I? Yes, you would be. Plus gloves. Yes. Okay. So I look at it visually very closely and perhaps identify what I thought were potential prints, eyeballing. You latent prints, latent means hidden. They all are not visible to the human eye without processing. On occasion, they might be. Often, they are not. But the first thing you are going to do is visually see. You're going to do that, yes. Is there anything I can eyeball here? That's correct. Okay. You also look for surface texture and those sort of things that might be conducive to leaving a latent impression. And you are looking at some areas that may be rough-edged, like the side of this, that uh, are probably not conducive. That's correct. To a latent print? That's correct. So if I were going to do this TV, I would go all around to determine where I might see prints. You might do that, and I might think the screen would be a very good place. Glass is good, yes, to get a print. Okay, so after you have visually inspected the object, what do you do then? I apply a light coat 
of fingerprint powder. In this case, black powder is the agent I use to process. Okay, and with a brush, of course. Do you brush the whole object? You might. How would you decide what to brush and what not? It's just a matter of experience, common sense, and gut feeling. In this case, on that window, I pretty much processed the whole thing because I felt it might be important. Okay. And do you, I guess, you have this dust in a little bowl or something in your kit? It's in a container, a plastic jar container. So you take off your container and you get a brush. Did you say? Correct. What kind of brush? I don't know what the brush is made of. There's different kinds. Okay. I don't know the substance of the brush. Well, I guess it's a wooden handle, or is it a plastic handle? Well, there's both. There's wooden and plastic handles? That's correct. And what kind of brush bristles are on there? I don't know. Is bristles a good enough word? It could be. Okay. What are those made of? I don't know. Is this your kit, or is this somebody else's kit? This is my kit. Okay. And what kind of materials are those bristles made of? I don't know. You don't know the different kinds of things they have? No. Do you just buy that generic? No, it's supplied by the department. Okay. They are specifically made for this purpose. I don't recall what the bristles are made of, if that's even the correct terminology. Okay. The brush. The brush. That's what I call it. The part that you brush on with? That's correct. Okay. What color are those bristles? They are black now with fingerprint powder. Originally, they were all whitish colored. They were light colored. Pardon? Light colored. Okay. Maybe white. I don't recall. They just are covered with fingerprint dust. I use them constantly. This is part of my work. Okay. Did you tell me that you don't that no one has ever taught you or told you what those bristles materials are made of. I don't recall. I may have been told. I don't remember. Okay, all right. So you went through this process in the garage first and then sort of were working your way back to the utility room? Yes. Okay. And the next thing you did was the utility room, the door in between the garage and the utility room. All right. And so you had walked out to the garage. Now you walked back through the utility room. Yes. Did you notice a ball cap there on the floor? Yes. You saw that ball cap. It wasn't specifically on the utility room floor. I don't remember. I remember a dark blue, maybe ball cap with a little logo on the floor somewhere. But you are not sure where on the floor? Not specifically. Okay. And as you came into the utility room, that door opens into the utility room. I don't recall which way it opens. All right. Let me show you exhibit 38, and you might look at 38-B. Does it show the door in it? Yes. And it appears to open inward into the utility room. I see a cap in the picture. Now, when you dusted, did you start by... First, you start by inspecting, I guess. Yes. And you inspected which side of the door first? I don't recall. I'm sure I don't recall. Okay. You were standing probably in the utility room. 
I would say I worked outside in as I worked a logical path back in, but I can't swear to which side of the door I did first. Do you think you were standing in the utility room when you were inspecting the door? The inside or the outside? Well, both. I don't recall. Okay. Now, you would not want to, if that door were open, you wouldn't have closed it when you went to the garage, would you? No, I'm not going to unnecessarily disturb anything. Okay, so, and as you were going around it, you wouldn't, for instance, stand and move that door so you could look at it, would you? I might. You might? To visually inspect as part of my investigation. If you were trying to be careful, be careful with your gloves so as not to disturb something. And my feet, okay? And so you're looking, you're visually inspecting the door, top to bottom, pretty much. That's correct. Okay. And then did you go around and inspect the end of the door? I don't recall. You do not recall inspecting that? I don't know if I did or not. Okay. Then did you move on around and inspect the, what I would call the inside of the door? I processed the inside of the door. Yes. Okay. By processing it, you mean visually inspecting it. Visually inspecting it? Correct. Dust? Correct. And lift, if there's something to lift? In this case, yes. Okay. Now, sometimes do you dust and you see prints that you know is a print, but you say, that's not really suitable for lifting? Not in this case. Okay. Anything that you saw you attempted to lift? that I was unable to recover, that I attempted to recover? Were there some? Not that I recall. Anything that I got at all, I turned into evidence, realizing the importance of it or the possible importance of it. Then from there, you went to the kitchen? Well, I also dusted the utility room, some objects, the washer and dryer, and the utility room itself. And again, you would have done the same thing, walked around them and visually inspected them. Carefully walk around them because there was blood on the floor, as I recall, in there. Right. And you were trying not to, on the floor, I don't know, on the appliances, I recall some drops of blood. Maybe I don't know about the floor. And you were trying not to step in that blood? I am trying to be very careful where I step, period. Okay. Being especially alert for blood, okay, or anything else? That's correct. And then you went around the kitchen island and visually inspected it. Did you inspect both sides? You mean of the center island there? Yes, of the center island. I processed the whole thing. Down that counter? That's correct, okay. And did you process any objects on that counter? On the center island? No, on the, I'm talking about the right, the sink counter. Yes, the sink counter on that side that has a refrigerator on it. That is generally toward the garage. Okay, I don't recall processing any specific items on there. If I did, I don't remember. Okay, I specifically do remember processing the counter, the countertop itself, the countertop. Okay, and then you moved to the island. In between the family room and dining room? No, I'm calling that a bar. Okay. And the other one, I think we have been calling the island. Oh, okay. 
which is freestanding in the kitchen there. I processed all of those counter surfaces. I don't recall specifically which order, which island or counter necessarily was first. Then you went around to the other side. And when did you first see that glass on the floor? The broken wine glass? Mm-hmm. As I was processing the kitchen for latent prints. Had you noticed? I might have noticed it earlier, but didn't mess with it. When I came back through, I looked at it. I mentioned to my sergeant, you know, and we thought, yes, that should be processed. Now, how did you process it? With powder. Did you pick it up? Yes, I picked it up and put it on the counter, as I recall, and dusted it. You think on the island counter? No, I think on, I don't recall. I won't say think. All right. Did you then, after you processed it, did you put it back on the floor? I don't recall. Okay, but you processed the stem and the bowl? The part of the bowl that wasn't broken? Yes, and the base. Okay. And you thought that that was a probable place for prints? I thought it was possible since it was broken. All right. Broken there on the floor, and I thought it was possible. And from then, you went into the family room? Yes. And did you go all around and look at all of the glass tables? I specifically remember processing the two glass tables referred to earlier. The small north coffee table and the large square one in the center of the room. Okay. The one sort of between the couches or... That's correct. Okay. And again, would you get down close to that and walk all the way around that? I visually inspected it. And you lifted two prints off of the... I guess it's the more rectangular glass table. That's correct. Behind the couch. From one single latent, I got two lifts. Okay, one print, two lifts. Correct. Now, are there other techniques to try to lift and identify prints other than the dusting method? Yes, there's other agents, processing agents. Can you do those in the field or some of them? You could. Are some of them more conducive to taking it home to the lab? By far, yes. Okay. So there might be some item that, well, if you saw an item like that, would you typically dust it and then try to lift it? Or would you say, I think I'm just going to save that one and take it back to the lab? It should be sent to the lab without dusting. That's correct. Okay. And as I understand, none of these items that you've talked about, you did that on? I didn't recover any of those items to turn into the lab. No. What are those kinds of procedures that can be done in the lab to identify or enhance or help pick prints? Ninhydrin? Pardon me? Ninhydrin? Okay. There's superglue. That is like a generic term. I don't recall the chemical term. Okay. There's also other agents. These surfaces I was working with in my experience and training were most conducive to black powder. These were smooth surfaces. That would be except for the glass goblet. That was a smooth surface, glass. But you could have picked that up and taken it to the lab for more enhanced ones, couldn't you? Could have, okay. 
Now, you did you collect any blood samples on the 6th or not? I did not. That was the next day. That is correct. Okay. You completed your print processing. And did you make some photographs on the 6th or was that the next day too? I made some photographs on the 6th. I photographed the dried blood, bloody latent in the family room, hoping to maybe document it if the photograph didn't come out well, inappropriate camera, and try to document the fingerprint detail. I also took some photographs on a separate roll of film for a lady, Catherine Long, of the sink and kitchen. Now, as you would lift these prints, you would put them on your little card. Yes. Okay. And would you look at them? Did I look at what I had recovered? Yes. Yes. And you are trained enough to see whether or not that was a good print or not a very good print. You mean as far as identification purposes? Yes. Overall quality? Suitable for identification? I don't know. I can make ballpark guesstimates. Okay, well, these that you had, they are all in evidence. The ones that you had, did you make the determination that those were, in your judgment, suitable for comparison? I didn't really make that judgment. Anything I recovered that day, I was going to turn in. You didn't really analyze any of them that day to say, I think this is a good one, or that is a bad one, or no, sir, I did not make that sort of judgment. Okay. Have you done it since? Made those sort of sorts of judgments? Yes. Not necessarily. Okay. Could you do that now and look at them and see if they are comparable? No, I could not. That is not my training and specialty. You just don't feel qualified to do that? No, sir. Now, the blood samples that you took on the next couple of days, do you recall that you were sent back out there two more times to get blood samples? Yes. The 6th and the 8th? I believe it was the 7th and the 8th. Oh, 7th. I'm sorry. You're right. 7th and 8th. I believe that's correct. Okay. And who instructed you to go back out there? Sergeant Neighbors. Did you meet Sergeant Neighbors out there? Yes. Did he say, I want a sample here, there, and yonder? He specifically pointed out specific areas. That's correct. Those are the ones noted on your sketch? Yes. Okay. Now, when you take a blood sample like that, for instance, there is a drop of blood. How do you go about that sampling process? How do you take that sample? On the 7th, there was a couple of methods I used because some of the areas he wanted the collection from were on hard linoleum surface, dried blood on hard linoleum. Uh, some of the other samples he wanted collected were on carpet, dried blood soaked into the carpet. So there's two methods used by me that day, all right, to collect those samples. And are you, I see the phraseology blood flakes. Are you picking up little flakes of that drop? On the ones on the hard linoleum, I did lift flakes that were adhered to the linoleum. Okay. I flaked off some of a dried blood spot. What do you flake those with? What do you flake them off with? I have a sharp knife, little knife instrument. And do you just flake those into like a little film canister type thing? not a film canister. 
What kind of canister is that? A paper envelope with the outside of the edges taped to avoid any minute microscopic flakes coming out from the corners. So how many of those little bitty, I guess these flakes, come off pretty small? It depends. They come off different sizes. Okay, so you would flake some on to your piece of paper. That's correct. And then close up that piece of paper. It was an envelope, small envelopes. And you then you put those in some kind of container. And that's correct. And off the carpet, do you do essentially the same process? No, it's a little different. I use a sterile gauze swatches, a little small corners, sterile cotton gauze. Then I swab them out at 0.9% sodium chloride solution, wipe the swabs with the solution on the dried blood on the carpet to redden your swab. Let your cotton swab air dry and then place it in a paper envelope. So you are actually taking the swab and putting it in the envelope after it air dries, correct, okay, that's got soaked up some blood sample. So in that instance, you sort of soak the blood out of it onto the swab, dry the swab, and put it in the envelope? That's correct. Okay. Now, what's the reason for drying it? Well, you prefer to have your sample dry or pretty dry before you place it in your envelope. And is that so it won't transfer blood off of once it's moist onto some other object? Not so much as you don't want to spoil your sample by putting it up wet. That is one way you can spoil it, but you wouldn't necessarily spoil it as that, but you prefer to put it up dry if possible. Okay, and neighbors directed you to take a set of samples on the 7th. Yes. Do you remember how many that was? I don't recall a specific number. About seven, I think. Okay. And then called you back the next day and had thought of some others that he wanted to do. I don't know if he thought of some others, but he instructed me to collect some others. But those were different places? That's correct. Okay. Did when you left on, left the house on the 6th, did you check the bottom of your shoes? I don't recall. You don't recall whether or not you checked the bottom of your shoes to see if you had any blood on your shoes? And no, sir, I don't recall. You didn't check them to see if you had any glass on the bottom of your shoes? I don't recall if I checked the bottom of my shoes or not. Do you recall what kind of shoes you had on? Yes. What the soles were made of? Well, they were running shoes. Tennis shoe type? Running shoes, yes. Mm-hmm. They were not like the shoes you have on now? No, sir. That is a rubber sole? That's correct. Okay. Mr. Mosty then says, I think that's all I have. At this point, Mr. Greg Davis begins his redirect. Officer Hamilton, let me ask you, at any time while you were out there on Eagle Drive, did you ever check any areas for possible blood? I was directed by Sergeant Neighbors to check an area. Yes. Okay. When did this occur? What date? I believe it was June the 6th. All right. And what area were you directed to go to? The wooden gate, rear gate. All right. What did you do there when you got to that gate? There were a couple of areas there that he wanted me to check, do presumptive blood testing. Okay. And what do we mean presumptive blood test? 
The test would indicate whether the substance on the fence might be blood. Okay. And how did you perform those tests? I don't recall the specific brand name of the test, but I applied the solution to the spot on the fence. Okay. And do you remember what part of the gate or the fence that you were testing there? It was the outside of the gate. And what was the result of the presumptive blood test out there on the outside of the gate? They were negative results. Okay. Any other areas outside that you recall, Sergeant Neighbors or anyone else, directing you to that day or any other day? No. Looking at your report on June 6th that is not included in it, what you did with the blood test, any reason why you wouldn't have that in your report? I don't note every negative result that I do in that sort of, in any sort of investigation. Whether it's not fighting latents or not finding blood, is that the kind of negative results you're talking about? That's correct. That some of the results I would be talking about. Okay. Mr. Greg Davis then says, no further questions. The court then says, you may step down anymore. And Mr. Mosty then says, just a couple things. And Mr. Mosty then begins his recross. On the photos you see of the scene where you have gray or darkish stains, is that your dust? I would have to see what you are referring to specifically. I know on some of the photographs, you can see what appears to be the fingerprint powder. Yes. Okay. Let me show you 39. And it shows that the door, well, does it show the door to the utility room? That's correct. Yes. Does it show some staining? Yes. Is that the grayish or the blackish staining? Is that your dusting? I would guess so. Yes. Okay. And how high up did you dust on this door? I don't recall specifically how high. I made an effort to process that door thoroughly. Okay. But you don't recall whether or not you did the end of that door. I see what appears to be powder on it. Do I specifically remember in my mind at this moment? No, sir. I don't recall. Okay. Mr. Richard Mosty then says that's all. The court then says anything else. And there is a further redirect examination by Mr. Greg Davis. I have just one question to ask. Is black powder going to be left everywhere that you process for fingerprints? Not necessarily visible. Mr. Davis then says, no further questions. And the court then says, you may step down, sir. And then says, your next witness. All right. So there we have it. The testimony of Officer Hamilton. Um, let's go over a few things as to what we've learned. Um, first of all, we did find out that the first place that he checked for fingerprints was the window in the garage. He used black processing powder, uh, took some tape, affixed it to the print that had been dusted, and then puts this on a card on one side and then on the other side of the card. It gives details about where the print was taken from. So States Exhibits 85A through E these are the five latent prints lifted from the window. These prints were taken from the garage window, from the inside of the garage and on the bottom portion of the window. 
85A and B are essentially duplicate prints, he was able to take two impressions from the same print. And this print that he got evidently was located about 5 to 11 inches from the east corner of the window. Now, the rest of the prints, 85, C, D, and E, were also taken from that same general area, although they aren't very specific about it. He did say that no prints were found on the actual glass. Uh, no prints were located around the other areas of the frame. The outside of the window, of this garage window, there weren't any fingerprints there either. And he's asked if it's unusual to not find any fingerprints on a place like the outside window. And he said no, and that atmospheric conditions often play a part in whether or not a print could be found. And the prosecutor seemed to get, when this got to this point, seemed to get a tiny little bit anxious and bring him back to, well, also, if anyone touched it, right? You know, so just to be sure that a fingerprint also could not be there because nobody touched it. So I did a little research on this. And because I was very curious about, like, these fingerprints, especially um, outside, but also inside as well. And found that high humidity levels can play a really big part in whether or not a fingerprint print could still be found on an outside surface. Now, humidity can evidently accelerate the degradation of the prints if the place they're checking has been also exposed to rain or sun. This would also speed up the deterioration of it. Um, if it's a non-porous surface like glass. Prints could last for several days or even weeks, but if they're exposed to humidity, they might fade within hours or days. Now, on that day in Rowlett, I was curious, it is Texas, after all, and in June. So the humidity was actually 46%, which is considered moderate. So it there wasn't actually very much humidity. The sun also wouldn't have been a factor because the back of the house where this area is, not only is it tucked away into kind of a corner, it faces to the west. And so it wouldn't have seen sunlight hit the back of the house until the later hours of the afternoon, if at all, due to the fence being there and any trees on the property. Um, and they were there obviously way earlier than that um, in that particular day. Officer Hamilton says he did not attempt to fingerprint the gate or the latch, the gate latch, to the backyard. Now, any of these exhibits that they talk about within this particular episode, if I have them, I will put them on the, the beachhouse34.com website so you can actually go look at them because some of them would be helpful to look at as you're listening to what they're saying because they do begin to talk about um states exhibit 85 f and g which i do not have uh, which are the fingerprints themselves that were recovered on the door that leads from the garage to the utility or laundry room and they were found around the handle of the door they don't mention it but you can actually see this door in States Exhibit number 132E, uh, where there's blood on the door. So 
he's in the he's he's gone to this window right that was in the garage area and then decides to kind of just follow a pattern you know through the house and then goes into the utility or laundry room and does say that there are no prints on the washer and dryer now that seems kind of odd doesn't it that there wouldn't be i mean maybe i'm wrong but you know come on who of us has not done laundry right and you know that you have to shut the lid or whatever, depending on your washer, I suppose, or your dryer. But either way, somehow there's got to be some kind of prints on there, especially if they've been using the laundry room. Um, so that seemed a little odd to me that he couldn't find any prints on the washer or dryer. Now, he didn't specifically say this, but maybe he meant any viable prints or any really good prints. I don't know. He then moves his way into the kitchen, um, was not able to get any prints from the outside of the refrigerator, which again, unless it's a fingerprint resistant surface, is really strange because it's highly, highly unlikely that the kids even wouldn't have left any prints there at all. He also says there's no prints on the countertops or on the drawers or even around the drawer handles, which again seems nearly impossible, right? I mean, think about how often you go into your kitchen and you open or shut drawers. And again, he might have meant that they just weren't any viable prints. Um, there may have been prints there, they just weren't good enough to, to dust and to pick up with the tape. He then processed the broken wine glass stem that was on the floor and found no prints. Now this makes sense. If it was knocked off of the wine rack, right, it had likely been washed and then put back on the wine rack itself after having been washed. So when it fell, no one had actually used it when it had been knocked off, nor had it been touched after it had come off the wine rack. And I know I'm going to get a little ahead of myself right now, but if the Rowlett po Police Department actually believes that this was staged, and the wine glass was put on the floor afterwards, wouldn't someone have had to touch it first in order to do that? And wouldn't there then be prints on the glass? So let's move into the den or the living area. Um, the sliding glass door, there was nothing found on the glass, but he was able to recover a print from the frame on the outside itself. There was nothing from the inside of the door, and if you have the ability to look, uh, depending on where you're listening to this at, States Exhibit 89-B is the actual picture of the table in the living area or the den area where prints were found. And he says it was a print in blood that was found. And he took a couple of, of uh, tape things of this to grab that fingerprint. And this was found and processed, and this table is just inside the sliding glass doors right next to one of the couches. He also says that within the center of the room, there is a large square uh, glass table, again, that he looked for prints on. And again, they mentioned Stace Exhibit 11-B, which I do not have, but Defense Exhibit number 47 might help um, to kind of give you a visual as to what it looks like. And again, I'll have these up on the, the website. So 
when he's talking about this, um, what I thought was odd was that it seems as if something's been moved. So the flowers that sit on this table, actually when it was originally found, the this flower arrangement, whatever it is in this large vase, had been tipped over onto this table. But in this picture, they're sitting upright. And you can actually see how they were originally found a little bit in Defense Exhibits number 31. You can kind of see them on their side. They're up there in a little portion of the picture. I just thought, again, that was interesting because earlier it had been mentioned about the folders and how the folders had been moved from the side of the couch onto the couch in order to take photographs of them. The telephone itself had actually been moved and tried to put back, you know, on the plastic runner. Um, and now we have, and I don't know, maybe they'll get to this. I have no clue, but I know we haven't talked about it yet. That this flower arrangement on this table was in fact on its side. And then all of a sudden in this photo, it's sitting upright. So somebody had to have moved it somewhere along the way. So going back to this little side table, this little rectangular table, um, he was then, Hamilton was then asked to take photographs um, of this bloody fingerprint that was there before he lifted the print. And he did admit that he used the camera that the, the other officer was there already using. And he says that they turned out a little blurry. He also took photos of the kitchen sink at the request of Catherine Long. So on the next day, on June the 7th, uh, Officer Hamilton was then requested to go back to the property and collect blood samples from specific areas in the kitchen and the family room. He then was asked to go back out on the 8th to get even more blood samples, but this time... He went to go get some that were on the hand railing that leads up the stairs as you're just walking into the house. And that was very, very interesting to me. This is the first time that I've ever heard about blood being somewhere else in the house, aside from just those direct areas like the kitchen, the den, and um, out into the garage area. So here we've, we've got one, evidently, on this hand railing that leads upstairs just inside the front door. And then on the 10th, he went back out there to get some property for evidence. And what this was and what this was brought up in court was state's exhibit number 87. And this was recovered from the family room. And if you remember, in the last episode, we were talking about the rag that was near Devon on the ground um, in the family room. That's what he actually went to go back to retrieve. A few months go by, and then he was asked to go back on November 26th of 1996. And this was at the request of the prosecution, who wanted him to get prints from the upstairs bathroom, which was essentially the boys' bathroom. And he was able to get quite a few set of sets of fingerprints from up there. And interestingly, or not, I don't know how this whole, all, how all of this works. The prosecutor was also there at the time. So when the defense finally takes over and gets to Hamilton and starts to ask him some questions, he said that when he got there, 
no one was in the house. Now, if I remember correctly, Officer Main said that he was there by himself in the house gathering evidence. Um, but Hamilton says that Maine went in with him. I will have to double check that. I thought he was already inside. So this might be a little bit of a discrepancy. Whether it matters in the whole scheme of things, I don't know. Mosty then asks him uh, what he did first when he walked into the house that day in order to do the fingerprint uh, lifting. And he said that he first helped with measurements of the inside of the house with someone else. But he, quote unquote, didn't recall where in the house they did these measurements, but he did recall going outside to the exterior portion of the house. Now, Mosty is trying to get to the fact that Maine, Officer Maine, may not have even processed the scene yet or picked up evidence or what have you, while these two are in there walking around on the evidence trying to take measurements. But he never did get a actual answer. It was always a, I don't recall. He also has Officer Hamilton admit that at Rowlett, they are taught to sign and date their reports, which, if you recall, and if you've been listening all along, some of the other officers who have already been on the stand and testified have said, oh, we, we just don't do that. That's not something that we do. We don't sign and date our reports that we make. Now, Hamilton, again, doesn't recall anything about evidence having been collected as of yet uh, that Maine, Officer Maine, was doing. But he also says that he wasn't paying any attention. He further says he doesn't remember how he went from the window in the garage, processing the window in the garage and all the stuff in the garage, to the window outside of the garage. He can't remember whether he walked through the house or not. Now, the, the defense does spend a lot of time talking about the bristles on the brush that was used to gather the fingerprints. And when they were talking about the ball cap on the floor within the utility room where the washer and dryer is, I got a little confused because he was asked if he saw a ball cap on the floor and he said that he did. Then he said that it wasn't specifically on the utility room floor but he doesn't remember where on the floor. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But the whole discussion is about him walking into the utility room to dust for prints. Now, this whole line of questioning is confusing. He does say, though, that he did see a ball cap that was dark or dark blue that had a little logo on the front. He again is asked about the wine glass by the defense and said he picked it up, he put it on the counter, but he couldn't remember which counter. He dusted it, and then he couldn't remember what he did with it when he was done. He's then questioned about different methods of getting prints and admitted that there are more advanced methods than the dusting which could be performed in a lab if an item was sent to the lab for processing. Now, one of these was called ninhydrin, and they didn't go into a lot of explanation for this. So, as usual, I was curious. And I found out that ninhydrin is a chemical compound. And when it's used, it creates a chemical reaction that makes the, the fingerprint turn blue or purple. And you can essentially spray this compound on areas where you believe that fingerprints may be. 
and they'll show up and it essentially makes the prints visible. Hamilton then says that while he was collecting the prints, he didn't look at them to determine if they'd be suitable for identification or if they were good or not. Uh, in the following days, he did go back out to the location at the request of Sergeant Neighbors to gather blood samples. Now, he got some from the carpet and some from the linoleum floor. And again, I was really curious about this blood and how it may or may not degrade in the time frame between the crime and the time that they gathered up these blood samples. And what I found out was that fresh blood is less likely to be contaminated or degraded by environmental factors. The high humidity can slow the drying process, but it also might promote some microbial activity. Any exposure to direct sunlight or extreme temperatures can also accelerate degradation and microorganisms, which can break down the components of blood. And what it does is it leads to a change in its composition and appearance. And this also includes just simple exposure to light and air. So essentially, the longer the blood remains at a scene, the greater the risk of cross-contamination. Now, others may inadvertently also come into contact with the blood, which could complicate the analysis. So take that for what it's worth. I was just very curious about what happens to blood once it's been like dropped on a floor and somebody doesn't get to it for a while. He's then asked about his shoes, his personal shoes. And as he left and as he finished doing all of his fingerprinting, as to whether or not he had any blood or glass on his shoes, and he just said he couldn't recall if he checked his shoes. Now, Hamilton, this whole you know, time he's testifying, he seems to be an incredibly detailed guy, just based on his testimony. So all of these times that he says he can't recall or he can't remember, it just seems a bit out of character, doesn't it? Now, next, they talked about the gate in the backyard and how, remember he said earlier, he didn't check for fingerprints out there? Well, it was learned during redirect that he had been asked on the 6th to perform a preliminary blood test on the outside gate latch. Now, this came back negative, but he didn't make a note of this in his report since it was common, I guess, not to record negative results. So I've mentioned the name of uh, Catherine Long, and this has come up during this testimony. You might wonder who in the world she is. Remember, she's the one who wanted the sink photographed. Well, she is the forensic serologist at the Institute of Forensic Science in Dallas. And she had examined the scene on the 6th, on June the 6th, along with Charles Lynch. And she also tested for traces of blood on that day. So Officer Hamilton had testified that Catherine wanted him to go out there. Uh, they had already been there on the 6th. He went out there evidently on the 7th um, at different person's requests to grab some blood samples. And I just find it curious that, you know, here's someone who this is their job, right? They're supposed to be there to like get all of these blood samples. She had already been and gone on the November, or sorry, not November, on June the 6th. But for some reason, she sent out another, an officer, Officer Hamilton, to grab more blood samples. So 
in my opinion, it was some kind of afterthought. You know, they'd already been there. And then she had a moment of, well, oh, shit. And then she had to have Hamilton take care of the, the photos and the collection of the blood. I know that sounded probably a little disjointed. I'm just trying to take notes as I as I re-listen to the testimony. Uh, but anyway, that's what we have for Officer Hamilton. So that's it for this episode. Now, the, in the next episode, we're going to hear from two other witnesses on this day. Oki Williams, and he will be at the beginning. And then we will hear the first part of testimony from James Cron. Now, Oki Williams is an employee of Bank One in Rowlett, and he will talk about a loan that Darren applied for. And then James Cron, who is a retired crime scene analyst, he is the one who went through the Richier home the day of the crime. And again, that will be just the first part of his testimony. So I will be back soon with the testimony of Oki Williams and James Cron. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. We'll talk soon. <laughs>